Hello, welcome to Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics, and on this podcast, we have explicit yet soulful conversations about every facet of human sexuality. Come on over to PleasureMechanics.com, where you will find our complete podcast archive. And while you're there, go to PleasureMechanics.com slash free and sign up for our free online course, The Erotic Essentials. It is a treasure chest of free resources and strategies for you to get started with tonight. That's at PleasureMechanics.com slash free. On today's episode, we are going to be continuing our conversation about burnout and how stress can interfere with your erotic experience. Before we get started, I want to thank our sponsor for this episode, Lube Life. Lube Life creates Amazon.com's best-selling line of personal lubricants. They have water-based lube and silicone-based lube. Go to lubelife.com or use the link in the show notes page and use the code 20mechanics. That's 20mechanics for 20% off your entire order. And if you are doing some spring cleaning this time of year, it's a great time to refresh your lube bottle. Get a new bottle of lube at lubelife.com. Use the code 20mechanics for 20% off your order. All right, my dear, my darling. So many listeners of the show will notice we missed last week's episode, which we very rarely do because we were in the middle of some stressors. (laughs) (laughs) This week, we're going to be talking about we're going to continue the conversation that started two weeks ago with the conversation with Emily Nagoski about her new book, Burnout. And I know a lot of you have bought the book and are reading along with us. And even if you don't even know what we're talking about, we are going to be talking about stress and sex this week and what you need to know about completing the stress cycle so you can have a more enjoyable life in general. But so mostly so stress does not interfere with your sex life. So your your sex life is not hijacked by stress. And this is a theme we have been talking about for 12 years. You know, as soon as we started our business um, and we started researching sexuality and arousal and pleasure, the theme of stress came right up. And it was so clear to us that the number one enemy of sexuality is stress. Um, And we gave like a talk about it in North Carolina like 12 years ago about what you need to know about stress and sex. Um, So this has been something we've been aware of and we've been talking about. But this book and the framework of completing the stress cycle gives us some new language to really talk about how important a step this is. And if we're missing this step as individuals or couples, it might be one of the main reasons our sex life is not where we want it. Yes? That's so profound. Do we want to talk a little bit about the past couple? Why we... Well, we can. We were just all sick. Our kid was really (laughs) ill. Really ill. And we were in full-on caretaking mode for weeks. It was crazy. It was like weeks of a family stomach bug. And we were just like passing it back and forth. And it was... It was amazing. A couple weeks of... (laughs) vomit and laundry and yeah and we tried we tried really hard to produce a podcast for you and between our caretaking duties and then both of us being sick 
We thought you'd understand. Yeah. And we had to really humble ourselves and cancel a ton of appointments and just like surrender to the illness. Um, and it was a really good reminder of how important rest is when your body needs it. You know, you cannot push through things. Sometimes you just need to rest. And so that's what we did. And it's been like two weeks and we are just emerging out of it. Um, and now our daughter's on spring break. <laughs> she like got better just in time to be on vacation. Yay. Um, but I also bring this up. So that's partly why we missed an episode. Thank you for your patience. Thank you to our patrons over at Patreon for your support and love. Um, we are back and we are just going to continue onwards. So how this relates, though, is I was so aware within our relationship of the ways that we had to navigate and like be in this really stressful situation together. Like there was nothing that was going to change the fact that all of the sheets had vomit on them and in the middle of the night. (laughs) Right. And we're all losing sleep. Like the situation was what it was and our choice was how we navigated it together and as individuals And that is what created the outcome of the two weeks, which ended up being a very like loving, sweet, restful, quiet two weeks. We did a ton of art and painted a ton of canvases together and read a ton of books. Um, But we managed to get through it without really like fighting too much. And I think that's a lot of because we've been talking and reading about managing the stress cycle Mm. so i felt like it was this kind of like marathon test of what we had been learning (laughs) in so many ways (laughs) except we didn't get to the sexy times (laughs) yet (laughs) all right so in her book burnout the nagoski's i keep saying emily nagoski but it's emily and her twin amelia Mm. um i don't mean to like cut amelia out of the conversation so in this book the nagoski twins (laughs) emily and amelia nagoski Talk about completing the stress cycle. So I just want to lay this out really clearly, whether or not you've read the book and why this matters in your sex life. So completing the stress cycle is this idea that stressors, so the things that cause us stress, the lion attacking us, your job, health stuff, financial stuff, we all know what causes us stress. Those are your stressors. Stressors exist in all of our lives. Some of them are chronic. Some of them are temporary. Some of them are extreme. Some of them are mild. Stressors exist. The stress it puts on our bodies, stress is the physiological reaction to a stressor. And it's a full body, full system reaction. It's an event. And I think the Nagoskis do a really good job laying out how much of an event. This is something that happens to your body. And it affects your cardiovascular system, your immune system, your emotional state, your ability to sleep, um, your personality, like, right, it's a full global event stress is in the body. And wellness, happiness, joy, eroticism, depends on our ability to complete the stress cycle, and return to a state of relaxation, and enjoyment and relaxed awareness, um, and that state where the body can heal and relax and heal and complete the cycle and go back to its restful state. And that is the piece that so many of us are missing. 
There's plenty of stressors in the world. Got that. We all experience the stress, but very few of us are as aware and active in completing the stress cycle as we need to be. And if you're stressed out at work and you're stressed out because of traffic and you're stressed out because your job isn't paying enough to cover the bills and all of these things, and then you come home and you just like walk in the door and bring all of that with you. And then you meet your partner and they've got all of their stress from the work and you're like bouncing off each other for the whole evening. How do you get to the point where you're ready to like luxuriate in one another's touch and take a long bath and nibble one another's earlobes and kiss one another's necks and all of these techniques that we can flood you with, right? We can give you all of these ways of loving and cherishing and enjoying one another's bodies. But how do you get from like, fists clenched at the kitchen table feeling enraged about your day to wanting to nibble your partner's earlobes. So that is the missing link for some people. And we have another podcast episode that's called the missing link. And we'll put that in the show notes page. But this is what we call that missing step in between like your day to day activity, that stressful day you've had, and being able to relax enough to even want to have sex. There is a missing step here, and this is the completing the stress cycle, and it cha- it's different for different people. So we're going to tell you some things that work for different people, and as you hear this, notice for yourself what you feel has worked in the past. If you've had like a really stressful event, what helps you get out of that state? What helps you ratchet down your system and just be like, all right, things are chill now. Things are okay. So for many people, it's movement movement. And we're going to talk more about movement in future episodes. But movement can be a hard workout, it can be dancing, it can be yoga, it can be walking or running. Um, It can be clenching and releasing your muscles rhythmically, right? Anything that moves your muscles and releases them, ideally in rhythm. Um, But anything and ideally to the point of like, you're out of breath. Those are kind of some of the ingredients where movement can become a stress cycle completer. All right, we will be talking more about strategies for completing the stress cycle. Before we do, I want to thank our sponsor for this episode, Lube Life. Lube is a super important ingredient in just about any erotic activity. Anytime you want a little more slip, slide, and glide in your touch, grab some lube. There is no shame in it. We all use it for all different things. So everyone should have a bottle of lube in their bedside table. Lube Life creates Amazon.com's best-selling lube. It's a great value. And you can use the code 20mechanics For 20% off your order, go to lubelife.com, use the code 20mechanics, or use the link in our show notes page. Thank you to Lubelife for sponsoring this episode of Speaking of Sex. All right, back to the show. So this is where you get to figure out what works best for you, and everyone will have a different kind of movement that feels most cathartic or releasing or pleasurable. Um, they name 20 minutes being being an important chunk of time that most people can use to complete the cycle. But whatever works for you, even a few minutes can feel really valuable to just let your body return to that state of calm. 
And notice what happens when we talk about it as movement versus exercise. Like we've all been told we need to exercise three times a week for 20 minutes at a time. And for a lot of people, that's annoying or just feels like another to do list or is about what your body should look like or about losing weight. What if you frame it as what movement can I do to help my body release stress, complete the stress cycle and feel more relaxed afterwards? What movement would that be? Like, fuck the calories burnt. Don't worry about it as exercise. Is that a walk where you talk to your best friend on the phone? Um, Just think about that for yourself. Where can movement fit in? And for some people, this is like already a big part of their life. For other people, it feels really far away, especially for those of us who exercise has been kind of a shameful thing um, or where movement feels activating and feels scary. For that group of us because I am hello I'm part of you um what helped for me was I did Wii dance I had a Wii video game system and I started doing the dance um video games and that was really fun for me because I could like engage and I had biometrics and I had a score um and video games were more comfortable yes than dancing and so I kind of combined them and then discovered how much I love to dance and that I couldn't be angry after I danced. I always ended up feeling better after dancing. And I am not someone who dancing has ever been like a socially approved activity as a fat butch. Like it's never been given a gold star, but I, I discovered it and it's now been a super um, important ally for me. Like if I'm feeling stuck in my anger and my stress, I can always dance. So finding the movement that works for you. Social connection is another huge piece for a lot of people that completes the stress cycle. And some people bring this home from a stressful week and want that social connection with their partner. And for some couples that can be too big of a burden. For some couples that works and it's like build that into your days, some time to talk and decompress and download. Um, But also notice, are you socially connecting? Are you looking at one another in the eye? Are you attuning with one another? Are you feeling happier as you talk? Or are you just complaining at one another? Because if you come home from work and you're both talking at each other, but you're just complaining, you're not completing the stress cycle, you're continuing it. And so notice if that is a pattern in your relationship where you both come home stressed and then you're like, ba 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 ba, can you believe this? And this is a da 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 ba da da. And do you feel better afterwards? Usually the answer is no. You feel just as stressed out, if not more stressed out, because you've reactivated rather than complete it. So what social connection might be more completing, more releasing? Maybe it's telling each other jokes. Maybe it's watching stand up on Netflix for 20 minutes as you like eat a bowl of popcorn and take off your work shoes. Maybe it's like calling your best friend who you don't want to complain to about work, but you want to hear about her cute kids. And or maybe it's, you know, talking to a friend at a coffee shop before you get home so you can decompress and you like bitch it out with your coworker, and then you both go home with that like steam released, right? So what are the ways you can build social connection into your life as a stress cycle completer? 
What is the role there, though, of having to release those feelings and having to communicate about the hard things, but then not getting stuck in it? I feel like that's a complicated because, like, sometimes you the, your partner is the only person you can talk about it. Is it like, okay, I'm just going to like vent about this for a few minutes and then we're going to move on to a different topic and then I'm going to shake or dance for five minutes and then we'll let's like have another conversation. I feel like there are ways to strategize around letting yourself shift out of that. Right. And this is a bigger conversation. We'll do more podcasts about communication styles and how we can support one another. If it's a problem that can't be fixed, you know, if your stressor is a coworker whose personality you don't get along with, who whatever, like if there's a stressor that can't be fixed, how much venting will help? And, you know, it's like the you can get into loops there. And so I just think it's like each individual has to evaluate, are these loops helpful? Do you feel vented or do you feel re-agitated? And to be able to like determine that for yourself and, and for your partner and just be able to be like, babe, I don't think this is helping. What might help instead? And that's why having this framework, especially if you listen to these podcasts together and both of you are aware of this, Um, And again, one of our listeners just wrote to us with a example of now that I had this framework, I had a really shitty day at work. And when I parked the car in my driveway, instead of coming right in, I texted my partner and I said, I've got some stress to release. I'm walking around the block. And, you know, he took care of a few things inside while I went for a walk and I came in much happier And so to be able to say to one another, like, you seem really stressed out. How do you need to complete that? It's been so helpful. I feel like we've noticed there are times where we're getting activated and it's like, I need to go complete my stress cycle and I'll be right back. And it's so helpful to just see, oh, I'm activated. I'm pissed off about whatever or I'm hurt. You know, let me go manage it and then return. And just having that framework is so powerful because there's something that we can do with it. Well, there's something you can do. And this is so important because a lot of us experience stress as this thing that happens to us. We are the victims of it and there's nothing we can do about it. This is what you can do. You can learn how your body can complete the stress cycle and then do more of it. Um, But what this also does within a relationship is it makes really clear what the stressor is and it asks that question. Like, why are you so worked up right now? Is it because of me or is it what happened at work today? Is it because of me or is it because you got stuck in traffic for an extra hour and that fucked with your day? Because a lot of time we bring stress home and then we're in the domestic space and we look at our partner and we think, if I'm feeling this pissed off, it must be you. (laughs) (laughs) And if we don't name our stressors accurately it can become really easy to think like, I'm so fucking pissed off because that towel's on the floor again and how many times and blah, blah, blah. And you get into your loop. Whereas if you can say like, oh my God, I had this really stressful day. I'm carrying all these stressors. I'm going to complete the cycle. And then when I come home, feeling the relief of that intense workout, feeling the relief of laughing with my friends for 20 minutes, And I walk in and I see that towel's on the floor again. I just pick it up, put it on the hook and come give you a hug, right? Like what what would get you to the state where you can accurately feel what you feel for your partner? 
because that's the that's the key of this is we're not projecting a bunch of stressors onto our partner and then thinking it's them. Yeah. And then it creates the space when it is them, when there is a behavior or an attitude or a pattern that your partner is bringing into the relationship that is a stressor, you can name it as a stressor. When this thing happens between us, it activates me. It causes me so much stress. How do we deal with that together? How do we either eliminate the stressor or recognize its impact and then build in the management of it? It's just a much more humane way of thinking about stress and how it then influences our day-to-day life. Um, and it reveals that for so many of us, the problem sexually isn't how much we like our partner or how their armpits smell or how they touch our clitoris. Like we don't even get the chance to feel their touch because we're so activated and stressed out. Like we can't even get to that state of like, do me baby. Like when were was the last time you were just in that relaxed state, like sprawled on the sheets, ready to be done. That state feels really far away for a lot of people in your day-to-day life because it's like as soon as you lie down, you think of the 10 other things that have to be happening. And that by that way, that like hyper to-do list syndrome is part of this. It's not that our to-do lists are too long or there's always more to do. Like that will always be true. It's that our attention when we're in that stressed out state and we haven't complete our stress cycles we're searching, our brains are searching for like, what needs to be fixed? What do I need to do? What needs to be accomplished? Like, da, da, da. like it's looking for the threat and the thing to complete to get back to relaxed. And so you have to do it on purpose. So the movement, so let's get back to the, the things that work. So movement, social engagement, laughter, laughter and humor are huge. Um, and laughter, by the way, is that kind of it's social engagement because humor is so interpersonal and then it creates that, um, like spasm of the diaphragm. Like when you have a really good belly laugh, it's kind of like running a marathon, you know, you get like all that breath and movement of the big muscles. Um, so it's kind of a great hybrid, um, touch for a lot of people really works. It kind of taps into your hormonal system and releases an anti-stress cascade of relaxation in the body. And so if you can look your partner in the eye, there's that social connection, take their hand or their foot and give them some loving, affectionate touch while you connect. It's hard to complain while you're getting a foot massage. You know, it's like, oh, and then my boss said the shit. Oh, oh, that feels that feels good. Oh, yeah, just keep doing more of that, right? Like, so if you build in affectionate touch on top of the social check-in, how does that work? And then sex. For some people, sex can be the stress reliever, right? A lot of this conversation has been talking about how to relieve your stress so you can get in the mood to even think about sex. Some people, when they're stressed out, fucking is the way that's their movement. It's like, screw the run. I want to fuck. And some people in some relationships can go there. And if you know that works for both of you and you can both like come home from the end of a stressful week, take a shower and like do your marathon in bed together and fuck it out and you're moving and you're breathing and you're touching and you're socially connecting. Great. Great. 
that works for like 20, 30% of people, it turns out, where that activation of stress puts you in the mood. Um, but you have to have a partner who's also ready to go there. Or if like you're in the mood through your stress and your partner needs her relaxation and to go through her release cycles to meet you, then you know that, right? So, so much of this is about knowing this framework and then building your own architecture of what will work for you. What is a more workable framework for your life to complete your stress cycles, manage your stressors, and be ready to enjoy more pleasure, touch, arousal, orgasm, like whatever you want to build on top of that. But this is that foundational work to create the space for pleasure, to create the space for like, yeah, let's give each other a massage and then have sex. How do you say yes when you're super stressed out? First, you have to say yes to whatever will complete your stress cycle. I feel like it creates so much responsibility and independence emotionally because you're able to say, oh, this is mine. I'm feeling this like I have to be responsible for completing this. And then I'm in a more calm, relaxed, available state to have fun and to connect and to enjoy life with you again. Um, it feels like such a powerful framework. We've just been working with it for a few weeks, months since we got the book. And I, I've, it, it is kind of life changing. <laughs> and is it just because, cause we've known this for years, but somehow about how we framed it, it's been more about like, do that thing that relaxes you first. And it, um, it makes it less urgent yeah, somehow. Totally. Like these few weeks when I've been able to been like, you need to complete the stress cycle, go to the gym. Uh huh. And it's not like the gym will feel nice to you, honey. So go do that. Like it, it takes the burden off of choosing a pleasure when you're in that activated stress thing. Right. And it becomes more like, all right, I'm in this activated stress experience. I'm noticing how it's affecting my body. I want to get out. Here's my exit strategy. It's not like, oh, I want to go feel pleasure. It's like, I want this to end or so. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know what subtle reframing because we've known this information for years. I think it is a time-based thing because it's like your body is stressed. You need to go complete this right now instead of in general, it's good to include these things in your life where then it's you have to prioritize it and time management becomes a piece. Whereas if it's you're stressed right now, you have to do this right now to complete it. It just takes top priority in this way that it hasn't in a, with a different framework. Mm. I, that's how I've been relating mm -hmm. to it. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, it's a right now thing in my body. Well, and I think what the book does so beautifully is it points out that once the stress has happened, the physiological impact has begun. Uh huh. So as soon as the stressor happens and your blood rate goes up and the cortisol releases, like the physical event has started and it only completes when it completes. And if it doesn't complete, you can like grind out that cycle of stress in your body for years. Yeah, that's and really so sobering. it kind of just like reminds you that the less I complete, the more I carry and it doesn't go away on its own. 
and which can be intimidating and especially and this it intersects with the conversation around trauma and I just want to acknowledge that and we're just going to like set that aside and there's like so many parallel conversations about how trauma is carried in the body and it is similar it's the same really um but you know uh we will try to stay focused on daily stressors um what do you do to release your stress at the end of the day so you don't feel like you're in that daily grind um and that's what we want is just to like create more space in our daily lives to recognize the stressors that are true all of the pressures that are on us the pressures of the world the capitalist patriarchy like that's all out there and it will always be out there as we're dismantling it like those stressors aren't going away but within that we have to live these lives and love the people we love and when we notice that the stress is interfering with our ability to love and be loved is interfering with our ability to come home and feel like we have a safe haven in the world and that the people who are supposed to love us can like wrap their arms around us and hold us. When that is interfered with, we need to take action. And that action, it turns out, can be quite simple. This movement, this social connection, the finding ways of like moving your body in rhythm and breathing more, um, finding ways of completing the stress cycle and managing stress can be really accessible once we know what we're doing. And I hope that this conversation has motivated you and kind of framed up ways of taking more action in your day-to-day life so you can complete your stress cycles and then show up for, even if it's just for yourself and not even if like this isn't second best, if it's for yourself for all of the relationships in your life, for the people you want to be having sex with, to be able to show up from a state that's not activated, threat-seeking, stressed out, stress ball of hell. Like we all deserve better than that. And our bodies need to learn how to reset. And the more we do this, the easier it gets. And that pleasure stress switch And someone actually asked recently, um, they wrote in an email and asked for the like medical references for that. And I'll try to dig them out for you. But um, what we know is that the more we practice flipping between these states of pleasure and relaxation and maybe completing the stress cycle is a better language for that. Right. It is cyclical. It's like digestion in and out, in and out. You're never (laughs) done digesting. It's just a cycle. Um, the more we complete the stress cycle, the more the body knows how to do that. And in the Nagoski's book, they talk about it as wellness is a state of action. So if it's a state of action, let's learn how to take those actions and what actions are most meaningful for you as an individual. Because we all have different affinities for these things. Is it walking, running, swimming, dancing, martial arts, fucking, like what is your methodology to complete the stress cycle and do more of that and see what happens and report back yes let us know i just about the action the wellness um i loved this idea that wellness is basically being able to deal with the stressors be able to be stressed and then return to a place of calm and rest and relaxation and that 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 you're able to move through these cycles with grace or completion um, and that that is what keeps you well. 
I feel like that's so powerful in this world where sometimes we think we need to never be around negativity or things are so positive vibes only yeah and it, Fuck that. and it's yeah. like oh that that's that's not wellness that's that's like separation between separation of things like it just feels very powerful to train ourselves to become more aware of our own bodies to train ourselves to be able to deal with life and then return to a place of rest totally within our own bodies and our own bodies ecosystem and that we are responsible for that and we can can orchestrate that for ourselves i just find that so powerful and um exciting in a bigger way um that we don't have to go into now but i feel Mm -hmm. like it's inspiring and i want us all to have that kind of capacity with our own bodies because what it makes available for the people around us is really profound Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they get more of us more of the good parts of us and we are able to deal with the hard parts individually and that's awesome and in connection with community um, but really be able to ask for what we need i think it's so exciting yeah yeah and i think this completing the stress cycle is one of those it's a chapter out of the how to be human handbook Mm. that we'd never got yeah and for me this is one of those just foundational frameworks that changes how i walk in the world how i interact with other humans You know, a friend just posted on Facebook like, oh, my God, I was just at a stoplight and someone was waving a gun around at the intersection and I'm totally freaked out and I'm on the way to this really important meeting and I'm like, and I just like posted really quickly, like walk around the block and run and shake and like move. And she wrote me later, like how useful that was. And I was able just to remind her of this human thing, like this stressful thing just happened. Finish it. Move. And just notice what happens when you start deploying this in your life. We're excited for you. We're excited for the people in your life. We're grateful to the Nagoskis for bringing so much of this knowledge together in this book. If you have not yet joined us in reading Burnout, there is still time. Grab a copy of Burnout. I'll put the link in the show notes page. Or just join us this month for conversations about the stress cycle and sexuality We're going to be talking about how to create those erotic havens in our lives, more strategies for making sure stress does not interfere with your sex life, um, and how to like tune into pleasure. How do we pay attention to pleasure? All of that is coming up on future episodes of Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics. Be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice so you never miss an episode. Rate and review us on iTunes if you wish. And if you'd like to be part of our inner circle, come on over to patreon.com slash pleasure mechanics. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N patreon.com slash pleasure mechanics and join us with a monthly pledge and become part of our inner circle for ad-free episodes, bonus episodes, bonus resources, direct access to us and more. We'd love to see you there. (laughs) Come on over to patreon.com slash pleasure mechanics. And of course, our home on the web will always be pleasuremechanics.com. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics. Wishing you a lifetime of pleasure. Cheers.